Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Getting to Know You, a uh, special guest this week. Uh, you all know him, love him, uh, Father Larry Chapman. Hi, Father Larry. How are you? Hello, John. I'm doing pretty well. Me Good. and my eye. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, well, let's, let's just uh, address that right off the bat. What's going on with your eye? Well, I've, I have sinus issues almost every winter. And usually if I rub my eyes too much during that time, I get this kind of an effect and then it goes away. But this has been a particularly bad winter. So this has kind of persisted for a few weeks, maybe two or three weeks. Um, I do have some eye drops and I tried something. I'm trying something else now today as a new kind of medication for it. So checking in with urgent care and my doctor. So we're on the way. But what I would really like is spring because all <laughs> the sinus stuff the sinus stuff is still kind of there but when that kind of clears up and that usually clears up in april when we get to some decent weather right uh, so, so unlike today the day we're recording this when we woke up to a, a bunch of snow yes exactly exactly <laughs> and i what's kind of funny is i get better in spring when a lot of other people get much worse with allergies and that's yes, it. I do. Oh, that doesn't seem to bother me it's the winter that bothers me oh so, interesting so i'm hoping that but I'm sure people are concerned, but you're not in any pain or anything. It's just uncomfortable. No, no. That's the other thing. I, like I tell people, I can push. It doesn't hurt at all. It annoys. It's annoying to you to watch it. It's annoying to me because I kind of see it down there and then the eyes closed. And <laughs> so, but if that's all I have to deal with, I'm not going to complain. I'll just try to deal with it and we'll, we'll get through it. <laughs> you're, you are always a gracious and, and a humble person, Father Larry. I appreciate you. that about you. I'm sure everyone that watches this video uh, feels like they know you very well. Yes. But we probably you know, we don't get the opportunity to hear you talk about you, kind of your whole story, your perspective, um, kind of in a, a one shot, um, you know, sure. opportunity. So tell us about yourself. Okay. Um, well, um, I graduated from kindergarten in 1957. <laughs> 1957. People may not know that. Attended Gilbert Knapp Elementary School in Racine. Okay. Gilbert Knapp is the founder of Racine. At least that's oh. what I was told a long, long time ago, too. And in those days, they didn't have, uh, Catholic schools didn't have kindergarten. And then from that point on, I did. So I was at St. Edward's grade school. And then I, out of grade school, went to um, what was then St. St. Francis. It was DeSales Seminary High School is what it was called. Oh, yeah. So it was the seminary program from St. Francis Seminary. Which was and, at the Cousin Center at the time? Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. So, so did, you, and then, did you live at the Cousin Center? I was considered a resident student, so we were there during the week. We went home on Friday nights, came back on Sunday night. And then there were also day students from the Milwaukee area that came in that made up our classes, too. Yeah. So, cool. And then from there to college. And at that point, um, the college was con was consolidated as a separate unit. And that also was at the Cousin Center. So I spent eight years then at the Cousin Center. And then the final four years was at that time, it was St. Francis Seminary, but it was called St. Francis School of Pastoral Ministry. And so the focus then was to build on the theology that you got in the in the college years and now apply it a little bit more in terms of pastor preparation for pastoral pastoral ministry or pastoral service. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. So you were in high school when you went to that high school seminary, right? Yes. Did you know then that you were the your trajectory was going to be the priesthood? That's a very good question. Um, I do remember having an interest in priesthood. And I actually rem remember asking my mom at one time. When do you think I started to express an interest in that? And she said in second grade over first communion. Really? Because then you were kind of getting into things. So that goes way, way back, I guess, a, a long, long time. Um, by the time it got to, uh, by the time I got to eighth grade, it was one of about four or five things that I thought I wanted to do. 
they didn't do a lot of vocation promotion in that day, so you didn't hear a lot about it. But I remember the teacher simply said, by the way, this weekend they have the entrance exam for DeSales Seminary if anybody's interested in going. So I went up and talked to her afterwards. Oh yeah, tell me about that too. So I went up and that would have been in uh, November of 1964. Uh, wasn't sure, I remember after it was over, wasn't sure I had done so well. So my mom and dad had decided we weren't gonna tell any members of my family over the Christmas holidays that year, just in case I flunked out before I even got there. So, <laughs> so we didn't, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. And then in January of 65, they said, no. I understand that that was primarily a college aptitude test. So can you handle college work sure. uh, is basically what they were doing. And uh, so I kind of did pretty well and, and then went in there. Then as I've told people a lot, I would say for the most part in high school, it was more like a Catholic high school. We didn't necessarily think about that a lot. There were different formation evenings where we kind of thought a little bit more about it. In this time of the year or a little bit earlier, sometime in March, when you would have to start registering for the next year, that's when you would think about it more. Mm -hmm. Am I gonna stay? Am I gonna go on to something else? Yeah. And so in that sense, we did that. And then, of course, at graduation, going from uh, a senior in high school, then into college, then we did a whole lot more, too. But um, I did have the opportunity when I was finished my sophomore year in college, uh, a priest that we had known had given us from a parish in Milwaukee. It was called Holy Ghost at the time. Now it's St. Raphael's Parish on 31st in Lincoln. So I got to give a, a shout out to anybody from there. Father Jerry Stoll was his name. And he did a retreat for us. And in the course of the retreat, he said, if any seminarian would actually offer his assistance to a parish for the summer, there'd be plenty for him to do. So three of us took him up on that offer. Wow. And what they had put together in that parish was an opportunity for us to do a parish census. And rather than just simply kind of doing paperwork in that, we were going to visit all of the members of the parish. It was a little tricky to do because that parish on the south side overlapped with a number of other parishes. On the, so we didn't want to look like we were trying to pull people away from other parishes. Yeah. So we simply took the list of people. Somebody had come in and arranged them according to blocks. And we would go out, pull a block, and then go and visit those people. So it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it was, I lived basically at, the, at that parish then for that summer. And it was the first time I kind of saw, well, what is priesthood all about? Because we lived right there in the rectory. And it was a great experience. What was it like, like knocking on people's doors and meeting with them? How did they? Well, the people in the parish knew that we were coming. So that was, that was, it was all uh, the information was given to people ahead of time. They said we were coming in. Uh, we wore the collars so that we could tell that, that we were doing that. Um, so, now, obviously, you're, you're going to run into some people who don't go to mass very often. So they might be a little bit surprised. Um, <laughs> some people, some people kind of didn't let us in. But for the most part, people were extremely warm and people very much inviting. Uh, a couple of times we got to know people a little bit better. Um, I got the reputation. I don't know if you can tell I'm not, I am shy, but I just like to talk, I guess. But yes, <laughs> sometimes my visits went a little longer than other people. <laughs> so got to know people pretty well and get, got to be friendly with them. Um, I just remember that the one time I remember knocking on a door and the person from inside, said, oh, and I said, who I am? And they said, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you right now. There's a funeral in the family. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'll come back. So you kind of put that card away. And then the next week you go back to that one, knocked on the door from inside the guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't talk to you now. There's a funeral in the family. So while I thought, oh, you poor guy, you must have a lot of funerals in the family. I didn't say that out loud because I thought you just don't want to talk to me. That's perfectly all right. So, but that was one time. And so obviously all the rest were wonderful experiences. What a, what a model of church, though. I mean, I yes. was just thinking about how that compares to today. And today we might send an email 
and uh, yes. And, yes. And, and wonder why people aren't more engaged in the parish, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and I, and I even thought too that maybe someday as a priest, I'd be able to do that as a pastor too. As it turned out, no, there were too many other things to be able to do and parishes were too big and everything to do that. But to even have some kind of that type of personal contact was yeah. really great because we did update information. But then part of the information was, do you have any suggestions for the parishes? Do you have any any thoughts? And so that's where the conversation would really get going. But it was also, yeah, it was a connection. It was like, yeah. you hear what you think, right? Sure. I do remember another a positive one. It kind of made you made me feel very good about this too. Went to went to a place, uh, the person had not been to church in years. And the reason the church had, the person had not been in church is that I think it was a woman, her spouse had died sometime before. And so she started to come into the church and then, oh, I'm, this just reminds you too much. So she stayed away. And then, God bless her, she piled up church envelopes. And there were too many church envelopes. And now she couldn't, I can't keep up with all these envelopes, so I better not go back. And so I really told her, I said, I hope the pastor time take all those envelopes right now and I'll watch you throw them away. <laughs> you throw them away and you start all over again. It's from scratch. And then she, you don't, th you don't have to catch up on all of them. She thought she had past dues. Yes, yes. And she couldn't come back until, until she paid up all this. No, no, no. I said, throw them all away right now. Go throw them all away. And then, and she did. She came back. Oh, she felt so good about that too. So, oh, wow. So it's, yeah. yes, it's, it's a pastoral connection, but just simply the opportunity to, um, to kind of give somebody a little bit of encouragement in their faith. Absolutely. Um, why I believe I'm a priest, what interested me in the first place and what I'm still able to do too. So, yes. Yeah. But, but the example you told makes me just think of, of course, there's people out there that for this reason or another, maybe a miscommunication or misunderstanding are not coming to church or, you know, are, are, are upset with the church for yes. this yes. or that. And that, yes. that, that a personal touch or a, a connection could maybe resolve some of that. Exactly. Uh, right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, it was, that was one of the best experiences I had. That's <laughs> great. That's, that's a wonderful story. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah. then, um, so uh, that was what year? So that would have been in 1971, the summer of 1971. Okay, and then and then you uh, continued in your formation, were ordained, and in 1977. So so that was that was the end of sophomore year in college. So I had six more years after that. So the two years in college, and then the four years of graduate school. At that time, if you went to the high school, it was 12 years. Four years for high school, four years college, four years of, of graduate school. Yeah. Uh, so that was about halfway through, and um, went on then. <laughs> And here I am. <laughs> here you are, yeah. How many, um, do you know how many churches that you served at uh, as an ordained priest of the diocese? Um, I've served at, as an ordained priest, I, say, I served at uh, St. Saint Saint George in Kenosha, then St. Joe's in Wauwatosa. Mm -hmm. Then while I was at Catholic Central High School, also at St. Patrick's in Elkhorn, and what was then Holy Name and is now Holy Cross in Wilmot. Then after that, uh, those are all those were like his associate or a team member then pastor at saint peter's in east troy then pastor at saint catherine's and saint sebastian in milwaukee um, and now since then help out at saint sebastian and saint catherine's as many people know yeah. still go back um kind of uh, to saint uh, saint patrick's in elkhorn the pastor there is also pastor at saint andrews in delavan and so what they did ask me to do two years ago was to have they have a, a youth program um, that they, it's kind of patterned after the life teen program sure. and that meets on Sunday night. 
And because of the number of masses that they have to have at the two parishes, they were never able to have a mass on Sunday night. But with a, another guy coming in who could do that, I said, sure, I would be able to try that. So we have a Sunday night mass then every other weekend from the end of September to the end of April every year. And that's primarily then for those young people or their families or anybody else in the parish that wants to come to that. Uh, to that. That's a six o'clock evening mass too. That's at St. Andrews in Delavan. So the, it's there. And then St. Patrick's probably about four or five times a year on their regular weekend masses. And all my other weekends, I enjoyed being at St. Sebastian and St. Catherine's because I go back and forth. Well, and we enjoy having you too. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, what What would you say would is your favorite parish? I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> um, I did, I'll, I'll share this with you because I think I've said it to some people before because they would ask, well, how did you do the two parishes, St. Catharines and St. Yeah. Sebastian? Because that was the first time I was doing it and the first time the parishes experienced having the same priest sharing yeah. them back. And so I said, you know, I said, it's kind of like this. If you are a parent and you have two kids yeah. and the two kids are opposite personalities, yeah. entirely different personalities, and really active and really involved in things. Yeah. That's what it's like. And so there's always lots of stuff going on. And if one thing, if something's going wrong with one of the kids, okay, then you kind of give it a little bit of time and you kind of, okay, now that's calmed down. Oh no, now there's something over here and now I'll have to go over to this one. And yeah. then that calms down and then you go back. So in that sense, it's very lively. Um, it certainly was very powerful in my faith, forming my faith. Yeah. Um, I think I, I also, again, credit the Lord and the Spirit for doing this. Because I wanted to go to Milwaukee and like that, but it had been 38 years from the time I was ordained all the way to the time I came in 2014 to the parishes um, that I hadn't been in Milwaukee. So the attitude that I came in with was, I don't know what's going on in Milwaukee. Yeah. You guys have a whole lot more to teach me than I have to teach you. And so I think that... Um, maybe come in thinking, I want to find out what's going on and maybe kind of a renewed kind of sense of that commitment to it. And that really made it really work very, very well too. But it was, it was a great experience in that sense. I think you were the right guy for that job. <clears throat> um, I, I often, there's not many people that can relate to this feeling that I'm about to share. And that feeling is to minister to both St. Seb's and St. Catherine's. I feel like there is you know, each community and they do some cross breeding and it's wonderful, but to be a part and witness both the communities is such a blessing to me. I am so grateful for that. And you and Father Peter Patrick and myself and a, a couple other people have that privilege of serving both communities in such a direct way. It's, it's been awesome. It, it has. And so if you were to try to pin me down, I really, I couldn't tell you which one do I like better I guess it depends on when you ask me. If you ask me after Mass and I've been at St. Catherine's, it's St. Catherine's. If you ask me on a Sunday that I've been at St. Sebastian's, it's St. Sebastian. So you, you can't do, you can't really tell one or the other because they are very different. When we, when I was first became possible that I was going to go there, uh, there's a meeting that's conducted every spring, probably getting ready to go on now, uh, for all priests who are leaving their parishes as pastors and all who are coming in. And that two group, those two groups of people get together. And then the priests who are leaving the parish talk about what that place is like to any of the prospective people who might want to go. Yeah. Father yeah. Jack Kern and Father Dick Aiken were at that meeting that I was at too. And sure. Father Jack spoke first. And so they said, well, can you tell us something about the parish? And Father Jack said, St. Catharines and St. Sebastian parishes 
our great parishes, they've been working together now for a number of years and do so very well. But he said, but they are planets apart. <laughs> no, and his, and his, his, his talking about that, he said, they're just so different, different in size, different in makeup, different in person, in the history of the pair, all the rest of it too. And that's very, very true. And it's, it's amazing how parishes that have that kind of huge variety can still work together and can still oh, share yeah. a pastor and everything. So in that sense, it's a real tribute to St. Sebastian and St. Catherine's that the two of them can work together. A number of people that I knew and some friends that I knew that spring before I came, that's what they said. You're going to those two parishes? Why the heck did they put those two parishes together? I said, well, they're only a mile apart. Yeah, but <laughs> that's all together. Well, that's true, but hey, it's God's spirit that does it and it works really well. <laughs> to me, it's a, a beautiful uh, depiction of church in the sense yes. that there is great diversity, but there's great respect. And uh, you see a little bit of this charism over here and a little bit of that charism yes. over there. And yes, absolutely. I think yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, yes. I, I really do. So, um, hey, so let's transition a little bit. You've talked about kind of the pieces, um, but I want to know a little bit underneath. Uh, I, I want to hear about your faith. I want you to yes. hear, I want you to talk yes. about your faith. What is your faith meant to you? Maybe a reflection on your priesthood. Um, um, what, you know, we talked a little bit about why you went into it, but um, yes. maybe unpacking that a little more. Anything you want to say about that? Sure, sure. Um, I, to, to, I recognize, to recognize faith as a journey is something that I would say has been part of my awareness for a long, long time. Um, but I do think, and I didn't really become aware of this until maybe close to retirement. Uh, maybe that was just, maybe it took that long too. But I realized at that point, again, having said all the good things I've said about all the parishes I've been at, every step along the way, the place I wanted to go to was not the place I went. Hmm. So where I so when I was first ordained, Kenosha. Okay, I had been in Kenosha as a deacon. No, I wanted to go to Milwaukee. That's where all my friends were going to get assigned. That's where I wanted to go. Yeah. I remember walking out of the interview with the placement board saying, um, I would like to have, oh, yes, we heard that. And then one person said, you wouldn't mind like Kenosha or Racine, would you? I, oh, no, 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 I don't mind that. But I would really like Milwaukee. And Oh, yes, we understand. I had moved stuff out of Kenosha. No, no, it was Kenosha. So you go back down in Kenosha. And that was that was true every single time after that. Yeah. Being again unsure about doing two parishes in Milwaukee where I haven't been for 38 years right. and trying to do that. I don't know. You've got to have somebody who's better than that. So no, my preference. But here's the thing. In eat, but it took until whatever, 40 some years as a priest to know it. Every single time, God had a better idea. Hmm. And the idea that came about going to the place and being involved in the place, that is a better idea. I don't know what all happened. Now, maybe I don't know whatever happened in the others. Okay. But the point is God had a better idea and it kind of taught me a number of different things. Certainly a sense of trust in God, mm -hmm. um, but a trust, a trust also that the way God works with us is largely through other people. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, my faith, I can't say my faith is based on other people, but my faith is based on the community of faith that I see, that sometimes the privilege of leading prayer up in the front and looking at the people who are there, knowing, don't know all of them that well, but know some of the stories that well, and knowing some of the challenges that they've had, 
some of the difficulties and kind of looking at those people and saying, you're here, um, you have a faith, that's going to help my faith too, you know, because maybe if you can do it, then that same God has to be affecting me and helping me as well. Yeah. And I would say, therefore, that probably um, reading the scriptures and celebrating the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, are the two ways that have the biggest effect on me and my faith. But I think it's in that parish contact, in that parish context, and trying to re really receive a sense of where God is taking all of us, including me, that has kind of been part of my faith journey. It's well said, and um, I have always appreciated your theology, uh, especially in your preaching and, and just the wisdom you have to share. You Thank have you. A, a, a true humility about you. I mean, for you to come here and say, well, it took me to the end of my priesthood. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. A, a lot of people would say, oh, I knew exactly what to do from the beginning. And, yeah. and, you, and, and you, you have always been humble. And I, I think that resonates with people because I think you're real. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do recall, so if my mom told me it was second grade, my real interest then became, was being through a server, as a server. Um, by the time I graduated from um, eighth grade in 1965. So uh, at that time, it's just when the mass was beginning to change a lot. So a lot of things are beginning to happen. We stayed on as servers in high school because we were home once in a while on weekends and that too. And so, so I kept kind of doing that right through. The change occurred that year of doing that census, where I would say up to that point, I thought I wanted to be a priest because I liked doing churchy stuff. <laughs> what I learned was through that census and all those visits, no, it's the people and, and the, the privilege to be involved in talking to these people and, and trying to see uh, what their questions are. Not that I have the answers, but ans asking the questions along with them, all of that. So that kind of changed my reasoning a little bit too. I still like celebrating the sacraments. Yes, I still like of being at mass and going to mass and leading mass. Yeah. However, that, that involvement with the people is what kind of changed my perspective a whole lot at that point. And that's been true all the way through. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, and you can see that when you interact with people. There's a buzzword right now and that buzzword's a company, you know, that we're called yes, a company. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. you do that well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my, uh, thank you. That was uh, well said, well, well articulated about your thank faith. You. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. My last question for you is, as you think about the future, Father Larry, what do you hope for? Well, um, I hope I, that goes back and forth too. It depends on how much news I'm watching. Yes. I do feel that I need to watch the news and I need to know what's going on. But there are times that I also will put some, put the news on mute the sound and go and dub out my other stuff too. I just want to make sure that there's nothing tragic that's going on. Right. Um, there was a night back at the, at the time, I can't remember which summer it was, that there was the um, Sherman Park uh, disturbances in Sherman Park oh, yeah. in that August uh, evening. And I remember having a homily ready, had done stuff, and for some reason decided, well, let's sit down and put the news on. And this was like about 10, 1030 at night. And that's when all of that had started to explode. Yeah, exactly. And so I was so glad that I did because, the, oh, okay, whatever you were going to say, push that. That's not going to be it. Let's yeah. see what we can do. Because I was going to St. Catherine's that next day for mass too. So in that sense, I feel like I have to do that. There's times in that I'm very worried about our future. I'm worried about our future as a nation uh, in terms of the amount of division that we have, um, in terms of um, how can we, we, we don't agree even on facts, the, the, the trying to find out what the truth is. We seem, we seem to be moving further and further away from that. Um, how are we going to be able to kind of pull together on that too? Um, some of the the movements that that kind of really say, 
you know what, having a strong leader who tells us what to do rather than our participation, that's the way to do it, that undermines democracy. So I'm certainly concerned about that as well. Um, there's, there's a certain amount of division in our churches too. And that's, that's something that, that, not that doesn't worry me as much because I think part of it is, my hope then is in the direction that I believe Pope Francis is kind of leading us. Yeah. And so the hope that I have is, especially now as he has, the word that he seems to be picking up on is the word synodality. And that means that we are in a process of inviting people to participate, therefore listening with an emphasis on the listening. And then in the process of listening to all the various voices that are present both in the church and beyond the church, um, we're going to see God's, God's, God's voice is there. And so now what we have to do is very carefully pray about that and try to discern what's the best direction to go in. And I think that sense of openness is going to naturally mean there's going to be confusion and there's going to be disagreement going on, but it's going to ultimately say that, that we're going to recognize then the presence of the spirit, hopefully more strongly in our churches, and then kind of know how can we go about uh, going into the future. And that I have a lot of hope into. So Maybe at this point, I certainly have a hope in our future as a country, but a little more worry there in our church, a little bit more confidence and hope in that, that I think we're moving in the, in the right direction. I'm very hopeful for that. Yeah, yeah. Well said, well said. Um, um, I <clears throat> connect to a lot. Those, your hopes resonate with me. That's what I'm trying yes, to say. Yes, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> Thank you. It's always an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Uh, um, really thank you for the presence that you've been to both our communities uh, over the last um well almost 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 a decade now yes uh, yes yep. yes to those communities um your um leadership and your guidance and of um uh, and the wisdom that you continue to share with us so thank you so much it was a, a pleasure talking i knew it would be um this is our our second to last interview uh, next week uh chelsea duffy is going to interview me oh, cool. That's good. oh okay, <laughs> good good yes yeah you haven't had a chance to answer the question yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I i will be on the hot seat uh, uh next week but i um, I knew that I wanted to talk to you before we wrap this up, and uh, I, I'm really glad that we did. Um, thank you for the blessing you are, Father Larry. You're, you're welcome, and thank you. You do so many, many good things, and I think this is one of them, too. Oh. Kind of a clear idea that came, oh, that's, and people talk about it. People like talk about, oh, did you see John's interview with whoever it might be, too, at the parishes? So I thank you for what you do, and especially thank you for doing these interviews. I've enjoyed a lot of them, too. <laughs> good, good. Thank you. Uh, they've just been a, a privilege and a blessing, so thank you. Cool, good, Another, good. Father Larry, uh, uh, blessings on your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you. And blessings to you and to all of the people who had to put up with this <laughs> and listen to the, to the stories as well. You look good. You look well, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you. So long. <laughs>